What up? It's JR Megatron. This is episode one of the Gangster Rap Odyssey, where we just check out gangster rap, baby. That beat you hear in the back, that's my cousin, Trey 40 Ounce, the homeboy Soundwave. I love it. Hey, our first record that we're going to be doing today is MC Ren's Ruthless for Life. This came out in 1998. Do you guys, maybe some of you guys weren't even around. But 1998 was a bomb ass year in hip hop. Let's go over Lorenzo Patterson first, though. Born in 1969, not to age him, Lorenzo Patterson, as we know him, MC Wren. You know him straight out of Compton, NWA, baby. He was that guy. The muscle in NWA and the guy who stepped up when Ice Cube left. He's known as the villain in black, the ruthless villain, the Vil, Ren. That's about it, man. He don't got many aliases. A lot of rappers have a lot of aliases, but Ren just pretty much is the villain. Uh, I don't know if we need to go over his history, you know, where he was born. Compton, of course, you know, hanging out. Kelly Park. I don't know nothing about Crips and all that stuff, and how we met Easy E. None of that really matters today. This is not a history lesson on MC Ren or Lorenzo Patterson. This is about Ruthless for Life. This record came out in 1998. I think it was June, let's see, uh, June 30th, 1998. Man, I was fresh out of high school because I, I failed a year. But whatever. You know, I'm supposed to be fresh out in 97. Regardless, who remembers? Who was around in 1998 checking out the magazines, you know, Rap Sheet, uh, The Source, of course, and seeing these ads for MC Ren's Ruthless for Life. I had the single, I remember it. I bumped the hell out of that Ruthless for Life track. Um, And I think Side B had the clean version. That was all there really was to it. Thing about singles back then, man, I used to just burn out on those songs, man. So when the record came out, I was already burnt on that track. But I remember trying not to do that with this one. But man, that Ruthless for Life single was fire. It was fucking dope. And then it was on BET, the video. You know, they had a video for that. Um, It was pretty dope, pretty dope. We'll go over that later. But, um, you know, this was the last record on uh, Ruthless Records that MC Ren dropped. Uh, Apparently it was dedicated to uh, Eazy-E and the hometown of Compton. Of course it was. Aren't they all, you know, aren't they all? This was his last record for the next 11 years. Yikes. I remember, let's get rid of that background music. My bad, my bad here. I do remember when he dropped Villain in Black. I think that was 96. And then we had to wait two years for this. It seemed like an eternity. As we all know, two years was nothing. This album debuted on the 100, number 100 on the Billboard Top 200, with its first week of sales, 21,000 copies. According to Wikipedia, the album sold to date 175,000 copies in the U.S. and 220,000 copies worldwide. So, not the biggest hit 
record. Not to be, you know, the, I, I, I wouldn't say this was Ren's fault. You know, we know that Ruthless Records was under the thumb of Tamina, 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 Tamika, Tamika Wright, who had no clue on how to run a record label. We can blame her. It's okay. We can blame her, you know. Time, you know, history hasn't been that kind to her. But at this point, we know what happens. So, 1998, summer of 98. The record stores are swamped with No Limit Records coming out every week. Every week, there's a new record coming out. Um... You know, some of the OGs are getting lost in the mix uh, because of the oversaturation of these new rappers. Some of them were, uh, let's just say they were not ready to stick around for a long time. Um, one and done's one hit wonders if that. Um, you know, not every rapper can be Scarface and too short. And uh, 98 was one of those years where uh, we were seeing a lot of hip hop come out, a lot of gangsta shit come out, but the ones that made classics stuck around. I'll tell you that, man. I'm talking Devin, the dude, ice cube, of course, you know, uh, eight ball MJG MC Ren. So that was 98, man. 98 was a dope ass year in hip hop. This record had some of the best producers, man. I'm talking Amp Banks, LT Hunton, T Mix, Bob Cat. There were some other producers on here that are lesser known. We'll talk about them. The track listing. This record has 12 tracks. Total length time of about 50 minutes. It's cool, you know. Mm, it's all right. You know, Ren never did drop like a double disc or anything too lengthy in his career so first track though let's get started man well let's talk about this record cover first you know we got mc ren ruthless for life the record cover here we got ren he's kind of in the forefront of this with the looks like a cradle to the grave type of uh environment or background you know um it looks like a baby stroller uh, in front of a, a graveyard where quite possibly the DOC took the picture to his uh, No One Could Do It Better album cover. You know, the the graphics used here, you know, we got Ren, MC Ren. His name is like made of steel. It looks like steel. Every record that he drops, he always switches up the logo, you know. The first one, he had that long R with the circle. Um, it kind of looked like a blade, actually, that R with the with the drip coming down. The second, some weird font for Shock of the Hour. The Villain in Black. I guess the Villain in Black font wasn't crazy. It was just the title that looked like it was chalk or something. And then this one right here, I guess it's almost the same now that I think about it. You know, the Ruthless for Life logo or the title... Might be the same one that they used for Villain in Black. I'd have to really look. Um, it does have that chalky look. Uh, let's just take a look. I don't know. Man. Out of curiosity. Because this is the Odyssey and we're just going to do nerd shit. I'm going to look to see if the font is in fact the same here. Let's see. We got to look for common letters, of course. You guys know how to tell a font's fake, right? Or a font is a font. Or if it's someone's drawing skills, this one's going to be tough. Everything is like in all caps almost here. Ruthless. Okay, there's an I here. What do you know? But I think the villain in black. No, the villain in black was actually hand drawn. It's like somebody took chalk and wrote the villain in black. 
No font, no computer there. They almost tricked me on the title for Ruthless for Life, because it, it's a, but you know that it's computer generated. So, fine, whatever. Um, it's a rough looking font, but you know it's computer generated because the S's match. Uh, the one on the villain in black, the eyes do not match. It's pretty cool. Anyways, moving along, that's the record cover. You know, it's not too bad. You know, I like the record cover. I think it, I think it was cool. So, that's the record cover. We got some context to uh, the timeline, you know, 98. Coming right out of high school, aging myself, no doubt. But, it is what it is. Let's get going though. Let's let's talk about these tracks. Let's go ahead and uh, talk about the first track here. Um, the first track, "Ruthless for Life," you know, that was produced by back then was the new and upcoming producer LT Hutton, who actually did work on Death Row first. Um, apparently, Ruthless Records stole him for a bit. And I'm sure he, LT Hunt, went back to Death Row and did some work later. I think we should look. The saga continues. Ruthless for life. So, right off the bat, we got the title track here, you know. LT Hunt on the beat. The track has some throwback references, you know. I love the respect that he gives to the homies here. Um... You know, he goes over a little bit of his own history. Uh, you know, five niggas out the CPT, fuck you, you know. It's cool, you know, he's just talking about time changing, things. Life, man. 1989 is uh, the year when he first came out or busted out in the world, that's for sure. Um, damn. He just goes over a lot of history of this, man. He just talks about Easy e His flow is dope. You know, he's on fire here, man. Like, right now, MC Ren is... He has not slowed down. Um, you can argue that he's hitting his uh, peak, though. Like, this... Is, is he at, his, at the top of his game here? Arguably. Villain in Black, maybe that was it. But this ain't bad. So, let's talk about the production here. LT Hunton, he worked on several projects on Death Row Records. I'm really reading off Wikipedia here. Then he became the head of AR at Ruthless Records, Interscope Records. He did some shit for, let's see, Das, Snoop Dogg, Superfly, Mariah Carey, Ray J, DeBrat, MC Ren, and Easy e Uh... He's got songs and films, including A Thin Light Between Love and Hate. Okay. Yada, yada, yada. Oh, and he did a lot of shit on Bone Thugs Resurrection and Thug World Order. I gotta, I gotta check out that Thug World Order production list. I know he did a lot on Bone Thugs Resurrection, but I did not know about, at least not off the top of my mind, you know, Thug World Order. He also has music on Tupac's Pox Life record. Was that like a post? Like, like was Pac already dead when that came out? Probably. Um, he co-produced the bio epic All Eyes on Me. Okay, that's, that's interesting. So he's, you know, he doing his thing. He doing his thing. So yeah, LT Hunting. What do you think about this track, though? You know, in 98, it was mind-blowing. I thought that this was a, a good step in the right direction for Ren. For Ruthless Records as a whole, really. Um, LT gave them an updated sound, you know. Um, not that Rhythm D was outdated. But, let's be real, man. This was like close to the year 2000. We needed some new flavor up in there. LT Hutton was perfect. 
This track was perfect. Uh, you know, a couple questions though. You know, who's the disc two on this one? You know, Drain Snoop turned you out. Now your crystal sip in, y'all fools be tripping. Make the West look like ass, all full of shit. I think he's talking about some death row members there invested drug money and still didn't hit or something like that. And I wonder if he's throwing a diss out to the pound, you know, I don't know. All I can do is speculate and wonder. So ruthless for life, yo dope track, dope way to start the, the uh, record off. Uh, let's go to track number two. Who in the fuck y'all know T mix is on this beat. Uh, T-Mix, dope producer from Suave House Records. I mean, he's like, I don't know if you want to say he's responsible for 8-Ball and MJG's success or whatever. Like, was he their Dr. Dre? I don't know. In my mind, he was. But I am not a Suave House expert yet. What can you say, though, you know? 8-Ball and MJG, dope collabs, give the South some love, and as we know, back in this era, the South was huge. So if you could get some of those listeners from the South, you could sell major units. Apparently that didn't work, though, in this case. But it's all good because we got a classic track. MGG, 8-Ball, and MC Ren? Damn, who saw that coming? Like, nobody, man. I remember seeing that. I was like, what? Unbelievable, man. I loved 8-Ball and MJG, man. That No More Glory record. I think that was 97. And uh, 8-Ball Lost. Was that 98, 97? Classic. God, I love that record. Anyways, he's getting his love from the South here without having to tap No Limit Records, which was very polarizing. You know, that label was polarizing. We know it was, man. I was there. You know, people loved or hated No Limit Records. What camp did you fall into? Let me know. Let me know what you think. Either way, man, No Limit was making millions. And you could say that their uh, tactics were kind of, I don't know, sleazy. You know, I don't know. A lot of people said that they're biting their shit, you know. I was in that camp. I get it, you know. I was in that camp. I was a kid. I was offended. Either way, it's uh, it's hilarious to think about now. You know, these are record labels. Uh, Master P, the businessman that he is, you know, whatever. Still doing his thing, apparently. He likes to make the news still. This is the year 2023, and sometimes I still see a headline with P in it. Now we got Ren here, and he's flowing. Um, I think his flow, I wouldn't call it soft, but man, it is smooth on this track. Oh, he's got a video for this shit, too. Um, it looks very southern, you know. It's dope, though. It's dope to see Ren, you know, in the flesh, you know, and of course, 8-Ball and MJG. Those guys are legends, no doubt. It's a laid-back track. T-Mix is just proven that maybe he was the Dr. Dre of Suave House. Could have been of the whole South, you know? Suave House was doing it big back then. They were getting respect, too. Not much polarizing about them. Um, they, I mean, they didn't hardly have any controversy. I mean, they had the whole beef with Tila, who went to rap a lot. Does that mean Rap-A-Lot had beef with uh, Suave House? I don't know, man. I don't know. So. Who in the fuck? Dope track. Let's move on to the next one. That would be a nigga called Ren. Man. You want to talk about hotness back in 1998? Do you remember the streak Aunt Banks was on? I mean, dude was killing it. Hit after hit after hit. Doing his shit for, uh, I mean, you name it, Too Short, uh, TWDY, doing big things, you know, and countless other records. Hemp Banks was a made man. 
This was another surprise track. Like, Ren and Aunt Banks, damn. And I tell you what, Aunt Banks delivered. He was putting a stamp all over the map, you know. But this time, he was collaborating with the Ruthless Record member. Or an NWA member. More importantly, though, or more uniquely, I should say, he was on a Ruthless Records track. Um, maybe the only time that he ever was in the studio, um, or at least his beats were on a Ruthless Records album. Um, I was about to say that he never did tracks with any other NWA members, but that's not true because we know he did some, or Ice Cube was on Big Things. Uh, sometimes you find an Ant Banks track out there in the wild by surprise. And you're like, Damn, I didn't know he did all, did it, did anymore. Uh, course we know about uh mount westmore you know he did some shit there um but about this track nigga called ren you know you gotta love ren's flow on it he he's on he's on top of his game here you know this is some of the shit that is it's a little bit lighter than some of his classics like villain and black and shock of the hour of course you know you got ren over here just I don't know, acting a little more uh, social or something? I don't know, man. I always pictured Ren as being some kind of asshole or something, but, you know, what do I... I don't know him personally. I don't know, man. But, man, he's uh, he's killing it on the flow. He still has it here, you know? And Banks doesn't disappoint. The beat is a classic Amp Banks track. Like, it's undeniably Amp Banks. It's got all the cool uh, sounds, the bass, you know, the keyboards, some of the horns. It all, it all just smells like Ann Banks. You gotta love that funk. So, it makes you wonder why, why they didn't uh, give Ren the keys to do more collabs with, uh, with some bigger names, you know, a little sooner, you know. I don't know why. They just didn't though. But, you know, I'm not sure how, uh, I'm not sure what the environment was like at Ruthless Records in, in that entire uh, era, you know? So, dope track, though. Let's move on to the next track here, Coming After You. After years and years of not talking to each other, just kidding, I don't know if Randy Q did communicate. But they certainly were not on tracks together. But here they are, coming after you. First of all, we got Bob Cat, DJ Bob Cat, on the beat. Now this beat is bumping, man. Like you can cruise and bump this shit, man. Like boom, it's gonna hit. You gotta love the content of the song too, man. They just slapping down these bozo new booties, you know, like OG Big Dogs would, right? Who the fuck you think you're talking to? Real niggas coming after you. That's right. It's, you know, they dissing these uh, rappers that are just comedy. These exaggerated. Do you remember the record covers back then, man? Everything exaggerated. Like, album covers with mansions and zoo animals. You know, the shit was hilarious. And Cube comes in, you know, this is the Don Mega era. He just as mad as Ren at all these guys, man. It was a, it was a fun time, though. It was a, it was a funny, funny time. And you, and yeah, this made us all thirsty for some new NWA, no doubt. Cube mentions that in, in the track too. Wishing they could reunite NWA, yes, please. Only one problem: we didn't have Easy E. I don't know. They thought Snoop could help. Don Mega. This was the Don Mega era. Ice Cube was on that Don Mega shit. You remember War and Peace, right? Don Mega. 
right after Players Club. Ice Cube, man, uh, on top of his game, on top of it. Ren matches with Cube pretty well here, man. Cube is obviously a little more braggadocious, a little more confident and cocky. Ren leans more into his mafia style, you know, but he doesn't lose himself, man. He's still the villain on here. It's pretty dope shit. Um, the track, the beat, all dope shit, man. We got a little bit of a uh, Mac 10. Well, we got uh, uh, like a sample of uh, Mac 10 towards the end, which is pretty dope, you know. Just kind of put that West Coast stamp on this track. Real gangsta shit, man. Real gangsta shit. So, you know, we're cruising. And, man, we're going back to the next track. We're moving forward to the next track. I mean, that last track, pretty dope. Next track, though, we finally get a repeat producer. This is Voyage to Compton. And this one has T-Mix again. Now, I have never heard... Mixed to a beat like this. Like I said earlier, though, I'm not a suave house expert. Maybe th this type of shit was a T Mix's thing. But, um, this was a cool track, you know. This is one of those tracks, it's a space age pimp track, but it seems to me that it's better with time. Like, I like this song a lot better than I did back then. Not that I hated it back then, but it was just kind of like, eh, uh, I don't know. I thought it was kind of like a love song. I mean, it's kind of a love song, but it's more of a, it's like a love song to Compton, you know? And of course he has his little sexcapades in here, but all Ren albums have that, right? I mean, sometimes they're, they're pretty pornographic and borderline rapey. Um, although he did skip that on uh, Villain in Black. But this is just Ren in his element, doing his thing, you know. Voyage to Compton. It's a slow, smooth beat. I think it helps break the record up a bit, you know. It's like a breather track. Like halftime, maybe. Or maybe this was the last song on Site A. I don't know. I don't have the cassette yet. It's coming. I like throwback lyrics, though, you know. You know, it's cool. It's very visual. What can you do, man? It's so visual, it's dope. So, and guess what? The next track is T-Mix again. The T-Mix saga continued with Must Be High. Arguably one of T-Mix's greatest beats ever. That menacing bass guitar naturally molded for that Ren vibe. You know, Ren proves here that he can rap just as fast as the best of them, you know. Let's be let's be real. MC Ren was rapping fast before Bone Thugs and Harmony came on the scene. But he didn't make a genre out of it. He just kinda like, you know, threw it in every now and then. Like an occasional injection of speed. In this track, can you imagine? Maybe, just maybe, one in in a in a multiverse far away. Bone thugs on this shit. I mean, mind blown thinking about it. Bone thugs on a T mix track. Oh, with MC Ren. Oh, and Ren rapping like this. Damn. That would have been mind-blowing. What's with Bone and Ren anyways? Do you ever wonder about that? Why didn't they collab? You know, they collabed in a video. I mean, it looked like it was a mandatory to be there. Tamika was there. So, probably was mandatory. It was like a business meeting. I don't know. 
I have a feeling that, you know, back then, Ren was a made man already. He had done his records, made his money, and Bone was hungry, hanging out with E, and E was deep in his beef with Death Row. Somehow, Ren got lost in the mix here. Miscommunication. Who knows, man? You know, Death Row, the beef had nothing to do with Ren, really. Um, in fact, I, I think I read that they offered Ren a roster spot, but he didn't really want to take it. So, now we got the T-Mix tracks out of the way. That was three tracks, man. Let's go to the next track here, man. LT Hutton, Back in the House. Snoop Dogg and RBX on this track. Boom. Like, this is the Death Row Ruthless Record Marriage track. So far, you're thinking, damn, the producers on this are fucking banging. Like, fucking banging. Let's be real, man. This hook is catchy as hell, too. This is LT Hunting doing something crazy dope. Um, there's this constant theme of Ren dissing clones, new booty rappers, you know, back in the day. He didn't call them that, but, you know, new batch of clones thinking they the shit run around like Jerome's. Predictable. Now, how about the line, though, where he says, it's all about a gimmick. Uh, how does it go? It's all about a gimmick. Try to mimic original niggas that be on the nuts with no limits. I mean, let's call it what it is, man. That's a no limit diss. It's a no limit diss. Like I said, man, no limit records. Very polarizing. Very polarizing back then, man. So, we got Snoop and RBX. Coming on this track, smooth as hell, Snoop is, you know? Um, this is the nail in the coffin for the Ruthless Row Beef. It's buried and gone now, at least from a rapper standpoint. Uh, from a business standpoint, I don't know, man. I don't know if Suge lets things go and if Tamika was even a friend of Suge's or what. I don't, I've never even Googled Tamika and Suge Knight. Maybe... There's an interview out there where they talk about interacting. But I would guess that it is not uh, all good in the hood there, if you know what I mean. But I'm not going to put words in anybody's mouth. If you know something, why don't you write in the comments? Let me know. You know? I'd love to, I'd love to find out any dirt or these little underground stories that don't really that nobody really knows unless you were there or something it's good shit now how cool was it to hear rbx rise from the ashes from wherever he was you know i'm not even sure if people started to jump ship from death row records yet but all i know is that we weren't hearing any rbx um but here he is it's easy to be ruthless, gangsters never die. Love that line, man. Mm. You know how some lines just make a record great? That line helped make this record so great. Because it always got... It, it's one of those things that was cemented in my head. RBX saying, it's easy to be ruthless, gangsters never die. It's dope. And you gotta love the way that this track ends, too. With uh, the Scorpion sample from Mortal Kombat. You know? As Ren is saying, bitch-ass niggas. And then you got Scorpion saying, come here! Like, classic, man. LT Hutton, nice work, man. It's the villain! I love it, man. I'd say this is one of the best tracks on the record, you know? It's catchy, smooth. It's got RBX and Snoop Dogg on it, which maybe you never thought you'd hear those guys on the same track, but there they are. Dope shit. All right, man, let's move on now. Shot Collar, the next track. We got Ross Steele on the beat. 
Um, and I have never heard of raw steel. Um, back then, at least. Later on, though, I learned that he did a track on the Thug Lords. Um, 44 Mac Lock. That would be uh, Yuck and Sibo. And then uh, a track I haven't ever heard in my life called uh, Big Chrome on Tommy Gunn's record. Tommy Gunn. Do you guys like Tommy Gunn? I never heard of Tommy Gunn. The beat though, this beat, is pretty cool. If anything, it's boiled down essence of gangsta shit, man. It's like simple. But the lyrics are dope as hell. It's like he's talking about this story. Or he's, he's, this is like a story about taking out, you know, the top guy, the mafia guy, the guy who's running the game, taking out the shot caller. I don't know. It's pretty dope, man. Um, I always thought Chill did the beat, though, because he rapped on here. You got Chill and Rock. Or is it just chill? I'm gonna listen here. Okay, let me let me just look here on Wikipedia because I swear that I saw that they had Big Rock and Chill. I'm not sure I remember Rock on this track on this song though. I'm playing it in my head. When you see Rock Chill. Yeah. Yeah, you do have Big Rock in the chill. But when does he. Okay, the song, a halfway point, I have not heard Rock or Chill. Unless they're on the skit. So, right now, I'm, I'm two minutes in. Renz had two verses. Let's see, let's see who raps next. After the shotgun skit, or after the, the Uzi skit. OGs. Who's this? This sounds like chill. It's gotta be chill. Rent, rock the chill. You putting on the vest. Man, like, I hate to sit here and listen and give you dead silence. But, I'm trying to figure this out, man. Is this the chill or is it rock? Okay, it's chill. Okay. So, what happened to Big Rock? Big Rock and the Chiller on this track. How does the song end up? Is maybe Big Rock is just on the hook. You gotta love. Now I know this is awful podcasting. Awful podcasting. But look, man, maybe somebody can explain it to me where Big Rock is. Is he just on the hook? He might just be on the hook and on the skit because I think that was just ran with two verses in the chill. With the third verse, so whatever, man. That was uh, produced by Raw Steel. Next track. Aunt Banks is back. This is another Aunt Banks masterpiece, though, right? This track is number nine, called All the Same. Another masterpiece by Aunt Banks. Ren's got some name dropping going on on this track, which uh, doesn't feel natural, but it's kind of a welcome vibe from, from a, or for a rapper who seems to isolate. Mm, all these bitches got AIDS, better use a hat. Mm. So, you know, he goes through, talks about, or he drops names, you know. He drops names. A little bit of Master P, Snoop and Dre. Puffy, God, you know, who's biting Dre and Snoop? 
Who's he talking about here, huh? Is he talking about the dog pound? I don't know, man. I think he's homies with corrupt, though, so I doubt it. Who knows, man? I can't even act like I know what what he was thinking or who he's... You know these vague disses? Leave it up for interpretation. I hate that shit, you know? Because you're just like, I'll just insert whatever rapper I think he should be dissing. Which is probably what I did back then. I don't know. I mean, he's dissing rappers like rappers with gold teeth, you know? Or at least he's making an example out of all of them that they're all the same, you know, like clones. Which is not wrong, you know? Y'all remember that shit back then in 98? Go teeth and crazy album covers. You'll be broke. Bitches. Yeah, I, I don't know. No more name dropping. Um, not really sure who he's dissing. He didn't really diss like Puffy or Snoop and Dre or Master P, really. Um, he just used them to rhyme, you know, certain analogies or examples, you know, whatever. Where he does start dissing people, he doesn't, he stays pretty vague on this track. That's not important. Um, the finer points of this track are definitely the flow he has. And Aunt Banks, of course. The beat is definitely some classic Aunt Banks. Ren, you can argue, is, is at the top of his game. He might be. I don't know. Villain in Black, pretty good. Just saying. I like the track, though. You got Aunt Banks with a little bit of guitar in the end. Who was on the guitar there? I'll have to look at the credits somewhere, maybe, if it's even listed. If it's a real guitar. It's a stand the guitar man. I don't know. Big Jess, maybe. Who knows? Pretty dope shit, though. So, yeah. Yeah, we got Aunt Banks there. Next track that we got is uh, Who Got the Street Shit? Produced by Touch Tone. Another unknown producer at the time. But uh, if you Google him, you'll see he's got a pretty legit resume. Um, nothing that, you know, really sticks out to me as being some classic gangsta shit, though. Um, you know, the track is okay. It's got, uh, it's got some, I don't know, this sounds like it's Daddy Koo or Trigger Man on the hook, you know, which would be dope, because that guy never got, uh, I don't know, he could have been big, man, he could have been big. Uh, you know, frankly, though, let's be honest, the track falls a little flat, it feels a little flat. This is one of uh, his least interesting songs. Um, I mean, really, it's just the topics. It's just like nothing really going on here. He's just kind of, I don't know, kicking back and writing about himself in Compton, I guess. It's all right. It just feels like filler, you know? I mean, it's a fine description of the gangsta world that he lives in or the urban life, you know? Hood rats and marks and whatever. I don't know, man. Ain't my favorite track. Probably could have did without it, really. It just feels like it was a contractual obligation filler track. So, I've heard worse, though. I've heard worse. Let's move on to the next track here. Pimpin' is free. Aw, yeah. Alan Tatum, Larry Johnson on the beat. Now, for a record that started off... Stronger than any record has business doing, producer-wise. The names later sure have become more and more unfamiliar, you know? Luckily, though, this beat stays fire and is worthy of being on the record. It's bouncy. It's hype. You bob your head to it, no doubt. Oh, and by the way, MC Ren out here singing on this track. How crazy is that? This is the villain in black, man. He don't sing. But he is here, man. And you can't even help but to sing right along with them. 
The pimping is free, cause you don't make money. Oh yeah, I said the pimping is free, cause you don't make money. Y'all know that shit's dope. And then we got Peeps. Who Peeps? I used to think that she was one of these female rappers from Suave House, but she ain't. She ain't. Um, I actually found some tracks with her on it. I'm talking, uh, let's see. And it was crazy. There's this record. Let me just dig it up. Here. I'm just going to dig it up. So, this track called Ret to Go has uh, the Lady of Rage. It's, it's actually by Bishop Lamont. You guys familiar with Bishop Lamont? I know the name is big. There's a track out there called Red to Go featuring Miss Jade, the Lady of Rage, and Peeps. And it's fucking Peeps. I just found that today. And I was like, whoa. I thought Peeps was never to be found again. Like one track and that was that. She's got a few other tracks out there though. I'm still digging, man. I seen them on the Google. Now I got to find them on the Spotify or the YouTube. I say the pimping is free because you don't make money. Oh, yeah. Peeps finishes off the track and she's dope, man. I like Peeps. I wish she did more. You know, I really do wish she did more. She's got a dope voice, you know. She's impressive, you know. You gotta love female rappers when uh, the ones that you like, you know. You know, they weren't always like dope or as skilled as you might think they were just because there's a ton of them in 23, you know, in 2023. There's a ton of female rappers. Back in 98, there was not. And they weren't all that. All of them were not all that. Trust me, they were not all skilled or great. So, y'all probably take it for granted these days. Either way, love the track. Perfect. Let's move on to the final track here. CPT All Day. We got Ren here on some real Compton shit. I mean, this beat is banging. The candidate for the best track on the record even. I mean, let's just, I'm just gonna listen to it for a second here. I make dyke bitches straight. Then Lorenz take uh, niggas on the street, every nigga hood. Gets treated like Farrakhan, this shit is all good. Oh, you gotta love it, man. The beat is hard as hell, man. It bumps heavy. But the lyrics are just as fucking heavy. They match. This is Ren at his finest. For sure, candidate for best track of the record. Is it Ren's best song ever? What do you guys think? Let me know in the comments. Because I don't know. Today, I also come to realize that the woman on the hook who is uncredited, at least I don't remember her being credited, and I always wondered who it was. It's Big Chan, isn't it? It's got to be Big Chan. I'm thinking about Big Chan on Alberna, and then I'm listening to this woman, and that's Big Chan. Does everybody, is that common knowledge? Am I the last guy to know? I don't think I remember reading that in the, in the credits. If I did back in the day when I had the CD, I forgot. But today, I was like, boom, connected the dots. That's Big Chan. You got to love it. Um, what do you think about the name dropping he does here, man? Ain't nothing wrong with it. You got to love a good Will Smith diss, right? Especially in 2023 where it's uh, it's cool to hate Will Smith or diss him, right? <laughs> I got to say, though, 
It's a dope track. It's a great way to end off the record, man. Perfect way to end off the record. Starts hard, ends hard. It's got a breather in the middle. It's fucking impressive producers. Um, impressive production, I should say. From uh, Hutton Banks and um, T-Mix. Damn. A couple newcomers in there or people that I didn't recognize did dope shit. Um, fucking dope shit. I gotta say though, this album may not be his best one. Maybe not. I don't know. But I'm gonna give it a nine. You know, if Villain in Black gets a ten, this one gets a nine. You know, I give the record a nine. It's got one track that falls flat, but the remaining, the remaining tracks are pretty impressive. This was probably Ren's last attempt at commercial success, really, um, before Ruthless Sync, you know. If it is, or as it is, as I mean, looking back now. We know it was the, the final Ren record before Ruthless Sank. Um, it's a fine effort, really. You can be proud of it. And I'm confused because spiritually, this is Ren's last record in my mind. Even though he's had a couple more after this, like maybe even three, that were underground, I've always thought Ren deserved better. Like better producers, better collabs, a better label. It's far too late, of course. Now, um, a lot of, you know, you can't you can't rewind time. It's lo- it's too late now. But we can look at Ren's career. We know how it ends, and we know that, you know, this year he came out with Osiris, and it was actually surprisingly dope. Um, but man, the lack of consistency makes it hard to believe that Ren is back. You know, because he's disappeared often. Like, he disappears a lot. It's hard to trust that he's back. But at the same time, while he does that, doesn't it make you want more and more of Ren? Even, you know, a couple decades later? It does for me. Anyways, that's the review. Let me know what you guys think. Is this your favorite Ren record? Is it your least favorite? Maybe it's your second favorite. You let me know in the comments. Hey, we out of here. Look at the show notes. Check us out on Twitter. You know, follow us on Instagram. We got our YouTube channel, youtube.com at Gangster Rap Odyssey. Uh, We're going to be actually checking out this cassette, Ruthless for Life, and uh, just unwrapping it. Uh letting y'all check it out and uh, we got more videos coming up peace out yo and ruthless for life